I'm not much of a sheep person, but I'm pretty sure there are no shepherds that just have one sheep. I think that if you only have one sheep, you're either um, a 4-H student or you have a weird taste in pets. In order to be a shepherd, one needs to have a flock, which is a large group or a family or community of sheep. And a flock that is going to stay in one place doesn't really need a shepherd, right? It's just going to stay in one place. All it really needs is somebody to make sure they have sufficient water or if they're just in a place that has a fence around it, that there is sufficient water and food for them to eat. They need a caretaker, not really a shepherd. Shepherds are the ones who help the flock navigate change and journey so that they can be nourished and healthy. A shepherd is one that understands that the flock needs to move in order to grow and to live and to thrive. So our gospel this morning Jesus is not speaking about just solitary sheep that were sitting in a pasture with a fence around them with everything they needed inside. He was speaking to a sojourning community of sheep who need to move in order to be nourished and who cannot find their way on their own. I think one of the things that we get caught up with in this scripture is the way that Jesus speaks to the thieves and robbers. I think that we'd love to have villains, right? Jesus is like, oh, those other thieves and robbers that are coming in over the fence and they're not coming in through the gate. We like to have folk to blame stuff on. It makes it exciting and dramatic. But I don't think that's what Jesus is doing here. I think that he is actually calling baloney on the old ways of being faith community. I think that he was challenging the old notions of who is important, of who belongs, and how folk draw close to God. Remember, he was speaking to a community of people who believed that the only way for them to draw close to God was to just jump through the right hoops and sacrifice the right things. And that the only rubric for understanding if they were actually fulfilling those things was if their life was blessed, if on the outside things looked good. Jesus was challenging this. And he presents to those listening in our gospel this morning a different way, his way. The way that goes through Jesus as the gate. The way that brings life abundant. I think it's also easy for us uh, to take scriptures like this and to assume that, okay, Jesus says there's one gate, so that's one size fits all. Everyone has to go through this one gate in order to do this. So just everybody just get in line. We're all going to do the exact same thing Anybody that doesn't do this exact same thing is wrong, and we are right. But if we do that, we're actually missing the point of the gate entirely. Christ as the gate is not a literal gate. It's not just one place. It's not just one way. It's actually a way of approaching the world instead. It's a mindset, a heart place, um, an open-heartedness. It doesn't mean that there's only one way to be a good Christian. It doesn't mean that there is just one reference point for us, for faithful living. It means that we can open our hearts to God. And no matter what thoughts, actions, opinions that we have, even our own best ideas, we can submit to Christ and enter through the Christ gate at any time. It does not 
pull us all on the same exact path, but it sanctifies, to steal the word from the church of my youth, our journeys. Indeed, there is no us and them. Once we understand that, once we look at other people's journeys and how different they are, we can't uh, judge and, and say, well, they're clearly not on the right path because there is a one, one size fits all gait. When we understand that it's a posture of our lives, our hearts are much more open. Jesus in this passage was not trying to create a dichotomy. He was exposing the old broken ways of navigating the world and he was offering a journey that continuously passes through the Christ gate, unique to each of us, but abundant in God's love. We get to pass through the Christ gate at any time through prayer, scripture, service, connecting with nature. It changes our responses and our lives to remember this. And passing through this Christ gate can help us as we navigate our sojourning faith in the context of the flock that we are given. A few months ago, I was part of a missional church cohort with several other pastors. It was a fantastic time of connection and study and inspiration, and one of the articles that we read stood out to me, and I don't think I'll ever forget it. It pushed back against the notion of identifying our communities of faith as families. And many of this of us, including myself, like this language and are constantly using it, our church family, right? We, we do like to use that. But this article says this only works in as much as our families are open to others. This article uh, proposed that using this kind of way of expressing church as a church family can be problematic because our families are intimate and we might be more protective of opening our family up than say we might opening up our book club or our hiking group. But this also holds a problem, right? Because family denotes an intimacy and closeness and caring that churches really do have, especially BLC, y'all, especially BLC. And it's far more than a book club or a hiking group experience. So we need a better way to articulate what we experience as a people of faith who are grounded in God's love and grace and motivated by the Spirit entering the Christ gate. The article suggested a sojourning community. But Jesus in our gospel recommends a flock on the move. One sounds a little more eloquent than the other, right? Sojourning community sounds to me like a sleek art gallery with jazz playing softly and a few muted conversations by well-dressed people who will be taking separate lifts or Ubers to the next destination. Flock on the move sounds loud and sounds messy. It sounds like it might smell a little. It sounds like something disruptive that might stop traffic. It reminds me of the pictures that you see of a shepherd trying to get their flock across the street in like Ireland or England where those rolling hills are and the cars are just waiting for them to pass. It sounds like baby sheep playing and not paying attention and grown-up sheep not getting enough sleep because of the aforementioned baby sheep. It sounds like older sheep that are not as fast as they used to be and the younger ones having to slow their roll to keep everyone together. It sounds like needing to move whenever necessary to the place that will feed, protect, and nourish. It sounds like abundant life. We, dear church, are a flock on the move, invited to pass through the Christ gate with our lives, with our temptations, 
with our fears, with our best laid plans, with our hopes, with our sin, with our gifts, with everything that we are and everything that we have. We're invited to a messy, smelly, exciting, abundant life on the move for the glory and service and reign of God. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. Amen.